Welcome to Toast in the Morning, your number one podcast for all things sports and more. Here are your hosts Evan and Peter. Enjoy. I have been ridiculed. I've been criticized. I've been named every name in the book. Book? Book. Delusional. Biased. Whatever. I don't care. I really, really don't care. Tua Tungavailoa is a good quarterback, my friends. And he might be elite. I don't care if it's a hot take. I really, really, really do not care. What's up, everyone? Toast in the morning. Back once again. Back solo as well. So it's just going to be me this episode once again. But we're just going to head. We're just going to kick right off with some more football. And man, it was an awesome week of football. Awesome, awesome week. Uh, we'll get through a couple of uh, no- notable storylines and anything that happened. We'll go through all the games, but we'll do all that and we'll, we'll go from there. But let's just start with Miami. Let's just start with Miami and their mer- and their in- miraculous comeback against the Baltimore Ravens. Look, uh, as a Dolphins fan, I thought this game was it was going. Yeah, you had to play a perfect game after, especially in that fourth quarter. It looked like an absolute disaster, and it was like, all right, here's classic Miami, you know, sputtering on offense, defense, just getting absolutely bullied away from home in a place that they haven't won since the '90s. It's like, all right, it's here we go again. And then next week you got Buffalo. All right, you might be one and two now. And then next thing you know, you're coming back. You're down 28 to three. Man, we heard that scoreline before. And next thing you know, you're you're winning this football game. It's, it's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. And, you know... This was a game where you could have easily been like, all right, you lost Lamar Jackson. He's going to get paid. He's going to get paid. And then next thing you know, with you know his same stat line, he's the second best quarterback in that game. Tua Tungavailoa throws for over 450 passing yards, six passing touchdowns. Yes, he had two interceptions. But besides that, six touchdowns, six touchdown passes tied for the most in franchise history with uh, greasy and marino um he's in i think he's fourth all time in in the single season passing Uh, the top three is dominated by marino and fifth place is also marino he did something that in my lifetime i've been on this earth for 22 years i have never seen a dolphins quarterback do ever 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 whether it was Chad Pennington, Chad Henney, Tannehill, Matt Moore, John Beck, it, it doesn't matter. Jay Cutler and Fitzpatrick, Tua Tungvaluwa, the epitome of everyone's butt of the joke. Turn Tua turned the ball over. He's got a noodle arm. He can't reach them. Ah, oh, blah blah blah. He's, you know, he's he's not a good quarterback. Well, shut up to. All of you clowns that made those those clownish takes. Tua Tungavailoa is a good quarterback. Tua Tungavailoa is a winner. Tua Tungavailoa's got ice. He's got onions. He's finally got a team that believes in him. He finally has a coach that believes in him. He's, he's finally got weapons. He's got playmakers. He's got an offensive line. He's got a running game. He's got a team. 
He's got a competent offense. I hate this new sort of notion that every single quarterback has to be this big. He's got to be 6'3", 6'4". He's got to have a, a rifle, a cannon of an arm, and he's got to just dot these, you know, these absolute dot of throws that, you know, they got to be content, like, these virus here's got to be locked up, and then, you know, he's got to pin the needle. It's just, he's got bullseye. It's ridiculous, this new age of quarterbacks. Like, Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, that have really just made quarterbacking very unrealistic, because those guys are outliers. I know people are trying to find, like, there's they're the trend now. They're trying to find those big arm athletic quarterbacks. Now, some of them work, some of them don't, and we'll, we'll get into one in a little bit. But, look, not all quarterbacks are that. And also, like, like, Josh Allen, don't forget, his first two years weren't good. His, his rookie year, he wasn't good. Second year was better, but it was inconsistent. And then what happened? Bam, Tyreek Hill. And then what happened? He went off. And they're a favorite in the AFC East. They're a favorite in the AFC. They are a potential Super Bowl candidate. Josh Allen, MVP candidate. It made his job easier. It made his job so, so much easier. They invested in him. Something that Miami didn't do up until now where they got where they had to get a new coach. Cause you know for damn sure that past the previous coaching regime was not gonna do that. If that previous regime was still here, Tua Tungavalo would not be the Miami Dolphins quarterback. He would be somewhere else. It's simple as that. There's no other question. There is no other answer to that. He would not be here. The team would have sputtered once again on offense. There would have been no reinvestment in the offensive line. Tyreek Hill will most likely not be a, a Miami Dolphin. He's Tua Tungabailoa's finally got an offense. He's got a coach that actually trusts him, that actually believes in him, that wants him here. He's got receivers that believe in him. Tyreek Hill, oh, yo, he's talking out of his ass, oh, this and that. Oh, he's going to miss Mahomes. And what happened? 190 receiving yards, bud. Two touchdowns. Two two receiving touchdowns. Jalen Waddle, 171 receiving yards, two recept two receiving touchdowns. He's got Teron Armstead on at left tackle. He's got an O-line that can block. He's got a running game with Raheem Moser and Chase Edmonds. He's got an offensive-minded head coach that believes in him. That's creating something. Come on. And the gall with people like Keyshawn Johnson and Colin Coward saying, oh, they were wide open. Uh, they got a new alarm. Shut up. Keyshawn Johnson has no right to say he's an absolute diva. He's he's an over, he one of the most overrated wide receivers of all time. I do not want to hear whatever garbage that man has to say on national television. And Colin Coward, he's an absolute clown. The dude is an absolute lemon. Like, get out of here like get out of here man like and, and his some of his stuff that he said about Trey Lance and we'll get into like Trey Lance in a little bit but like the stuff that he said about like he's an absolute buffoon he is such such a buffoon it, it really is ridiculous it really is oh he, his receivers are wide open yeah that's their that's their job their job is to get wide open what you want five Devontae Parkers on the field 
And as, as much as I love Mike Kosicki, but do you want five Mike Kosickis? Oh, by the way, I love his uh, I loved his rendition of the gritty. Uh, it was absolutely hilarious, and I loved it. Was it a perfect win? No. The defense didn't play well. Special teams gave up a kickoff return for a touchdown, so it kind of put you already on the back burner. But that offensive showcase was something special that I've never seen in all my life watching Dolphins football. Like, I I don't know, like probably people like my dad and older Dolphins fans probably may have some flashbacks to Marino, Duper, and Clayton. And that's like 30 years ago. It's three decades. And we haven't seen an offense like that. Like the closest thing to an exciting offense was the Wildcat. Like it's, and, and that wasn't like a pass game. That was running. That was a bunch of running. And he had Chad Bennington, who's absolute legend. I love Chad Bennington, but, but like, man, oh man, you got playmakers. You got absolute playmakers. And it just shows that once again, it shows that the Dolphins are in every fight. Doesn't matter how big the margin is. The Miami Dolphins will not crumble. Because I know last year, with that coaching staff, they would have crumbled and two of them would probably be benched. It, there, there would be no other way to say it. It's just facts. So I'm happy for the Dolphins. Uh, happy for them. I can go on and on about this performance. I am so, so happy. Um, and, but And also, I just want to end it with uh, Lamar Jackson should get paid. He absolutely deserves that money. He is the Baltimore Ravens offense. There is no other question than that. There, there's no other question. He needs to get paid big time. Love the comeback. Love the fight. Absolutely amazing. Uh, we'll talk about some other comebacks as well. Uh, the, the Jets coming back, uh, that was great. Like, for I can't believe I have to say about, I was quite happy that the Jets won. Because I don't think anyone likes Cleveland. Right? Like, no one likes Cleveland outside of Cleveland, right? With all the, 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 the tailgating stuff with... And them, like, defending, you know, Deshaun's actions. It is just so cringy. And just, it, it makes Cleveland, once again, a bottom of a barrel a sports city. It really does. So, it was, it, it was cool to see the Jets was a nice comeback. When shout out to Joe Flacco. Absolutely balled out. Garrett Wilson is going to be that. He's that dude. Had him on my fantasy team. He was on my bench. But we still got the dub this week. Huge win. Besides the point, shout shout to the Jets with the big comeback win. It looked very unlikely, especially with Joe Flacco as your quarterback, but they got the job done. Congrats. And shout out to Arizona with their comeback win. Uh, man, Vegas. I'm I'm a little worried, mainly because of Josh McDaniel. Seems like some of those growing pains are still there and some of his shortcomings in his sort of head coach in his head coaching tenure like 10 years ago with Denver are still somewhat trickling in still. So that that's something you got to be worried about, but I'm happy that Kyler did Kyler things. I'm a huge Kyler Murray fan. I've said it all along. Very very uh cool with that. Um yeah, shout out to uh Arizona. Nice comeback win. So yeah, three comeback wins this week. That was that was insane. That was awesome week. Awesome week of football. Uh, some other story, other things I want to talk about. Man, oh man. Uh, like, I don't know about you, but what is going on with Indianapolis, man? Indianapolis Colts got shut out by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Look, 
I know they they got humiliated last year by the Jaguars and blew their playoff chances last year. I know that. I 100% know that. But how do you go back to the place where you got humiliated a year ago and once again lay an egg again? Like, what response was that? Like, especially for the guys that were here last, that were there last year, and they're here. And once again, it's the same old song and dance. The only thing that's different is the new quarterback. Like, Frank Reich is got to be on the hot seat. Like, I don't still don't understand why. I don't understand why because I, I recorded this podcast, I think, after they cut Rodrigo Blankenship. I forget, actually. I forget. But the Rodrigo Blankenship release was very, very odd. It was very, very odd. And I don't know if it was a sort of deflection or a sort of last-ditch sort of like placing blame. I I really don't understand that. But, man, that offense is not good. It's not good. Matt Ryan is not the quarterback he used to be. He's not the quarterback that he used to be. I, I, I still don't understand. I really don't understand what Frank Reich is doing at, at the quarterback position. They don't have – they're investing in older quarterbacks or Carson Wentz, who's injured and is a shadow of the player that he was. Although, shout out to their little, their little comeback against Detroit, although if came up short, whatever. But I really don't understand what they're doing at quarterback. I, I, I really don't. There's a lot of short-term fixes here. A lot of short-term fixes. And I really do have a sense that Frank Reich is on a very, very short leash. Especially now that you're you're 0-1-1. You know, you almost lost to the Houston Texans. And you got humiliated by Jacksonville. Shout out to Jacksonville. Shout out to Trevor Lawrence. He played a really, really good game. Uh, I've, I've been a big fan of the Doug Peterson hire. And I think you, you will see improvement in his game. But man, Indy should be worried. Indy should be very, very worried. I know it's only two weeks, but they really got to turn the season around because changes will be made. If they miss the playoffs, changes will be made without a doubt. Without a doubt. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about San Francisco with Trey Lance. Um, you know, I first off, my well wishes to Trey Lance. Speedy recovery, my man. That, uh, that ankle injury... They showed him the replay. It did not look good. He's obviously going to miss the rest of the season. You're not, you know, it's, I don't want to seem disrespectful. And I don't want to pull a Colin Coward and sort of be like, oh, you know, I hope he's fine. But, you know, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't want to seem that disrespectful. I, I do want to say, however, that at the very least, your backup is Jimmy G. Listen. Trey Lance has all the upside in the world. And like I said, I hope it works out for him. I really do. I have no ill will towards Trey Lance. I, you see the potential. There is a lot of athletic potential. Big arm guy. But he's still very raw. He's still raw. And also, as much as I'm a big fan of Kyle Shanahan, uh, let's try to ditch the power, uh, the quarterback run, the, like that power quarterback run. Like Didn't like RG3 also bust his ankle? By doing that a lot, like let's like cut that out. Like, have we learned? Like, weren't you on that staff? <laughs> like, weren't you on that staff, Kyle? Like, didn't your didn't your father 
you know, coach him. Like, we'll worry about that. As much as I'm a big Kyle Shanahan fan, I'm, I'm worried about that part. I will say, Jimmy Garoppolo, as if you're a San Francisco fan, at the very least, it minimizes, like, the emotional damage that you guys probably have. Yes, the long term might be uncertain now with Trey Lance and his injury. I, although, like I said, short term, you got Jimmy G, a guy that's familiar with this offense, and most importantly, has won in that offense too. So, yeah. So I, I don't want to be a Colin Coward and Aver probably wondering why am I bringing up his name so much? Just look, just type. Colin Coward, Trey Lance, beef. Like, you, you, you'll you'll find your reason as to why that is. So, yeah. Uh, I, I wish nothing but the best for a Trey Lance and a speedy, speedy recovery for him. And, and I hope he comes back healthy. I really, really do. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's still a work in progress. He's still raw, but he's obviously got a bunch of upside that uh, working with Kyle Shanahan, could it could work? I'm not saying I've worked for Kyle Shanahan. That's obviously, obviously factually incorrect. <laughs> Let's see. Oh man, Cincinnati, man, that's another team you should be worried about because Cincinnati, that blocking, that offensive line, it's not good. It's not good. And look, like. They added some guys. Like, they added some guys. They uh, added Lyle Collins. They signed uh, Alex Kappa, I believe, from uh, Tampa Bay. And they also added uh, Ted Karras, who was with the Patriots. He was with the Dolphins for a year. So, like, they did add some guys. But I'm not sure if it's the scheme or the just the coaching itself. Or... It could be Joe Burrow himself just holding the ball, the ball for too long, but it's that offense isn't good. It's struggling. It really, really is, and I, I'm I'm a little worried for for the Cincinnati Bengals that this was just a flash in the pan. Look, they had they had like I said they had a nice little comeback against Dallas. They were down 17-3, and they came back, but obviously they lost at the at the end of the game to Cooper Rush. <laughs> they lost to Cooper Rush. That is. Crazy, but um, yeah, but yeah, Cincinnati. Like, you gotta be worried if you're a Cincinnati fan. If you know, last year was a fluke because you know that that run to the Super Bowl, like, it felt like it was just right place, right time. It was a perfect blend of just a lot of momentum going, and it was just uh, an incredible, incredible story. And now. Maybe it's a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover, even though you didn't win. But still, it's like, oh my God, you were there. And but it's it's a little worrisome. It's a little worrisome if you're a Cincinnati fan. If you know Zach Taylor is really the the actual answer. And I've never been a big Zach Taylor fan. I, I did give him his his credit during the run uh, to the Super Bowl. But um, like, how much was it Joe Burrow himself? How much was it Jamar Chase and, and the and the wide receivers? It's, I'm not sure, but I'm a little worried about Joe. I think he's on pace to be the most sacked quarterback in the league. And it's not surprising, 
because that O-line just hasn't, like, yo, he tore up his knee his rookie year with that O-line. So, you got to be worried. You you do got to be worried about the health, especially the health of your quarterback. And also, he's he struggled, too, at the start of the year as well. Another team as well, you got to be worried, is uh, Denver. They won, I know they won to Houston. Shout out to Houston to put up a good fight. But Denver, man, uh, I'm not, I, I was not a big fan of the Nathaniel Hackett hire. I was just, Flau wasn't. I, uh, <laughs> I think he's still learning on the job. I really do. Um, not sure about the play calling. And also, I think Russ is taking a little bit of a step back. Look, I, I know their wide receiver core has taken a bit of a hit um, with some injuries. Now with Judy out, and I think Tim Patrick's also injured too. So it, it's not ideal not ideal there. But, like, you know, you got Russ. <laughs> you know, you got Russell Wilson. You know, he's one of the best quarterbacks of, of the decade. And just just not seeing a improvement to his situation compared to what it was in Seattle is a little worried because it feels like it's sort of the same old song and dance. The only thing that's different is the jersey and also the altitude. <laughs> so I would be a little worried I was a Denver fan. I think it's going to be a little bit of a slow burn in my opinion. They could potentially pick it up at the, in the back half of the year if Nathaniel Hackett is still learning on the job. But even then, like I am a little worried for a team with aspirations of pushing for a playoff spot. Because I do like some of the pieces on defense. I do. But I think Justin Simmons is also hurt too. Um, they, they were a solid team defensively last year. Even during the Vic Fangio era, it's just the offense just was non-existent. And now with this, once again, the offense not being existent in the, on an uh, offensive coaching, uh, their head coach is offensive, an offensive-minded coach, it is very worrying. But also that being said, he did call the, the plays in Jacksonville in 2016-17. So it is a little worrying. And also he does call the plays too here. So... Uh, yeah, good, good luck with that, Denver. And uh, also shout out to uh, Philly, too. Absolutely uh, really took care of business against Minnesota. Jalen Hurts played really, really well. I've not been the biggest Jalen Hurts fan, but he played very well. Um, yeah, credit to them. They could be... You know, they could be the favorites in the AFC... In the, in, excuse not the AFC, the NFC East. They really, really could be... But uh, I'm going to end the week two discussion with Buffalo. They just embarrassed, embarrassed Tennessee. They they kicked their you-know-whats. Like, they really just, wow. They made Tennessee look like a bunch of rookies. They really, really did. Like, Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Like, I know Tennessee is not the team that it used to be. I know they are taking a step back. I know they're in Buffalo. But still, still, and I know Buffalo is the high-flying offense, and they're the best team in the in the AFC, arguably. But Jesus, like, that's bad if you're a Tennessee fan. And Tannehill got benched. Tannehill got benched, man. Yeah, it, it was not a good showing. It, it looked very classic Tannehill. Very classic. I, I'm not pointing and laughing at Tannehill. I'm not because I, I was a big Tannehill guy when he was in Miami. 
but it, it just seemed like uh, you know I I knew what the what type of quarterback he was and I knew what were his limitations and you just see his limitations now. You saw his strengths in his, in his in his first year in Tennessee, but for the past couple seasons, it's now you've been seeing more and more of what held him back in Miami. And it's not great. And shout out to Buffalo. They are the reason why they're a big threat. I don't like their fan base. I think their fans are annoying, especially with their Twitch sucks chant, which I I take that as being a little bit obsessed. Like, really? Like, really? Like, you, you're really obsessed? Like, that's like that's cute. Like, that's really, really cute. I don't like their fans. I don't like Buffalo. But the team's very good. I've, I've always been a big fan of Sean McDermott. Really have like I've all I've always had I'll stand behind that I, I think he's always had a, I think he's always been a very very good coach very very good coach even when he was here with with Tyrod um I, well he was only he was only there for Tyrod for one season but um yeah but he's a very very good coach and obviously even on the defensive side they're really really good so yeah so I went nine and seven this week so a little better than um, last week so my my cumulative record. 16, 15, and 1, so we will uh, we'll take it. We will take it, and now I'll, I'll rattle through my Week 3 predictions. Uh, so we'll, we'll start off with Pittsburgh-Cleveland. I'm going Pittsburgh. Um, they tend to play down the competitions or up the competitions. I know they lost, but um, they'll I think they'll squeak out a win, in my opinion. Uh, also, I just don't want Cleveland to win. Uh, Kansas City-Indy. Indy are in a down, downward spiral. I'm going Kansas City. Houston, Chicago. I'm going Houston. They're playing a really, really good fight against their team, uh, the teams that they've played so far. And I'm still not big on Chicago. Um, I'm, I'm really worried about Chicago. So, uh, yeah, give me Houston. New Orleans, Carolina. New Orleans did not play well, mainly on offense. Jameis did not play well. But Carolina lost again. I'm going New Orleans. Give me New Orleans for that. Vegas, Tennessee. This was like going to be a tough one, and I could see Tennessee winning. I can as like a, a response game. But I'm going Vegas. I just think they're a better team, and and also who knows like what the effect is in Tennessee's locker just being just embarrassed on national television. So it's going to be very interesting to see that Cincinnati uh, Jets in, in in the Meadowlands. I'm going to go Cincinnati. I think they're due for a win. I do, I think I do think they are due for a win. Buffalo, Miami. I don't care. I don't care if I'm biased. Give me Miami. I really really don't care. Come at me. Jesus. I really don't care. Uh Philly, Washington. That's going to be I could have you could see Washington win this game too. I think that's going to be a really good game. But I'm going Philly. I think they've I think they've looked looked good. I really do, and if they want to be serious for a uh, NFC East, they gotta beat their uh, division rival. So that's gonna be a a test for them. Detroit, Minnesota. Uh, I'm going Minnesota. I'm going Minnesota. They'll, they'll be back at home. You know, Detroit played a, a hard fought game, and I do think Detroit are a pretty darn good team with a lot of heart and firepower. But give me Minnesota. Just give me Minnesota. They'll I think they'll bounce back. Baltimore, New England. I'm going Baltimore. I think they'll they'll respond well. Uh, and yeah, New England. Uh, I've said all I've said from last week. Uh, I still don't think they're that good. So yeah, 
Uh, Green Bay, Tampa Bay. I think that could be a fun little game, potentially, maybe. Um, but give me Tampa Bay. Give me Tampa Bay. I, I, I know they'll be without Mike Evans, but give me Tampa Bay. Uh, Rams, Cardinals. I'm going Rams. Uh, yeah, Arizona had a very nice one, but I think. And the Rams, they almost blew it at the end. But, you know, yeah, give me the Rams. Uh, Atlanta, Seattle. Give me Seattle, actually. I'm going to Seattle. They've, uh, they'll be back at home. Yeah, why not? Why not? But Atlanta's put up a very, very good fight. A very, very good fight. But they'll be away, so I'm going to give Seattle the advantage. And then uh, San Francisco, Denver. I'm going San Francisco. Yeah, just Denver really worries me. You know, they could be, man, they could be 0-3. Uh, no, not 0-3, but they could be 1-2. It's not ideal. Not ideal. And then Dallas, New York Giants, Monday Night Football. Give me the Giants. Look, I don't think they're anything special, but I there's something like they'll they're gonna be at home. It's probably a very rowdy crowd. I think a lot of fans are rejuvenated now with the uh, with Dable and what yeah the, what the potential of that offense could be could look like in the future. And you know yeah they start two and zero. It's a Monday night game against a division rival. I think the fans will show out, and Dallas now with Cooper Rush, is it going to, can can he win on the road? I'm not sure, but give me the Giants. Give me the Giants on that one. So, yeah, those are my predictions for week three. So, uh, yeah, there is that. So, I, I want to go talk a little bit about baseball and maybe talk about my New York Mets. New York Mets clinched the playoff position. They clinched the playoffs. They'll be back in the playoffs for the first time in six years. Wow. Jeez, it's been uh, it's been a while, and I'm very very happy, so happy that they'll they'll be playing postseason ball. They'll be playing uh, October games. Uh, they do play October games, but they'll be games in the heart of October when the the weather's gonna get a little colder. Sweatshirts and 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 sweatpants are gonna be played, and you know it's gonna be a little chilly. It's gonna be great. I'm so so excited, so so excited. The job isn't done. Job isn't done. They need to win that division. And I do think they will win that division. Because I think... I think now they realize the job isn't done. The job isn't over. You kind of saw their celebration. It was very sort of relaxed. You know, they drank some champagne. There was some beer, but there wasn't the... You know, the popping champagne spraying on everyone and stuff like that. Like, they know the job isn't done yet. The job isn't done yet. They gotta, they they can't let their foot off the gas. They just can't. They they cannot let the foot off the gas, especially during that brave series uh, later in later in the month. They cannot do that. There is really no wiggle room. It's like you're only up by a game. When I'm recording this, you yeah you cannot let up. You just you just can't. You really just can't. Um, but uh, Scherzer's back. That's good. Uh, obviously, he pitched six perfect innings in in the game. Uh, yes, I would love to see him go a little deeper, obviously. And it's not fun. But obviously, it makes sense. He's just coming off an injury. He's just off the IL. 
and you also want him for the playoffs. You don't like you don't want to push him already. I get it. I wanted to see some history, but it makes sense. But most importantly, they won. I really don't care. Shout out to Scherzer, his 200th career win. But uh, very happy with with the Mets. We're watching some fall ball. But will it be in the wild card or will it be in the NLDS? That remains to be seen. But Buck Walter, he is going to be the manager of the year. There is no question about that. But, um, yeah, job's not done. Let's uh, let's get it done. Let's go Mets. Let's do it. And I want to wrap up the baseball part with uh, sh- just shout out to Albert Pujols, man. 698 home runs. Like, two more home runs. Until he hit 700 home runs. Like, who would have thought heading into this year that he would have gotten to 700 home runs? We just thought it it's, you know, the last dance. It's one of the last hoorah with him and Yadier Molina. It's just, you know, it's it's nice to see him back in St. Louis and all that. But then next thing you know, after the All-Star break and the home run derby, dude's been mashing home runs. Like, it's 2008. Like, it's just no big deal. Like, holy crap. He's really turning about the clock. And as much as I do not like the St. Louis Cardinals, I they give me nightmares. I respect them. I do. I don't like them, but I respect them. And as much as I'm not a fan, I would like to see Albert Pujols reach 700 home runs. Because that would be awesome. Like, really, really cool. So, hoping that uh, he gets there. I really, really do. Really, really do. All right, so I'm going to wrap up the show, but we'll before that, we'll uh, play a little fun game that I just thought of. It's called Would You Cash Out? And uh, first off, please bet responsibly. Please, please, please bet responsibly. Safe gambling, all that. Please. Uh, this is also not a ad read or anything. This was just a, a fun little thing I wanted to, to bring up. So this was Saturday night during uh, some of the late college football games. And FanDuel, the FanDuel Sportsbook Twitter app, said that uh, a better on a $7.16 wage did this insane parlay where the total payout would have been $1 million. And he hit every single one besides one game which is, which was the game that was going on at the time. So during that game, before the game started, he could cash out for a, a little over $130,000. $130,000 if you cash out before the last game which was the Miami Texas A&M game, uh the college game. But obviously you place you you take the risk and listen, the spread hit. He he um, he took Texas A&M, you know, the spread, and it hit. So if he just didn't cash out, he would have won one million dollars. But I'm putting in your shoes. So let's just say hypothetically, you didn't like this was you know it's before eight o'clock or whatever, seven eight o'clock or whatever, before that game, and you're like, man, I could cash out for one hundred thirty-two thousand dollars. Or I could risk it all. What would you do? If I was the better, he, 
I would cash out 132,000. I know a million sounds better than 132,000, but you know that game was was going to be a very close game that could have gone either either way. Texas could have won. Texas A&M could have won. Miami could have won. Like that is such such a close close call to do that's like I don't want to take the risk because I could risk it and I might get nothing. I could get zero. I I I would have cashed out. And that's what he did. He cashed out. He cashed out uh, 102,000. Um, but yes, the spread hit. It covered, I guess you can say. I, I'm not great with the betting lingo. But um, a million dollars. He could have won. But I, I don't want to uh, discredit the fact that he hit an insane parlay in 132,000 on a $7 bet. So who you are, uh, Doritos underscore CV on Twitter. Congratulations on an insane bet. That was awesome. Good for him. But like I said, please, please, please bet responsibly. I'm going to wrap it up there. I'm going to wrap it up there. That was just a fun little game. Just seeing like, what would you do? Because I know what I I would have done, which was just take the money. Just take the money. Don't risk anything. But yeah, I want to wrap it on on that. Um, So thank you guys so, so, so much for listening. Once again, Football season, I know we're only two weeks in. Obviously, we got a lot of college football too. So, you know, it's very fun. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, week two was a lot of fun. And here's the week three for being an absolute spectacle. Uh, also, uh, happy retirement. Happy trails to P.K. Subban, one of my favorite Habs players. Loved watching him when I was uh, when I was in uh, middle school and uh, early parts of high school. Loved, loved, loved watching him back in the day so yeah i'm gonna wrap it up there thank you guys so much for listening i really 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 do appreciate we really do appreciate me and peter uh, appreciate everything and until next time uh the dolphins are gonna be three and oh and i don't care yeah. 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 Yeah.